Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love, and we're, we're going to get to the Bible verse here in a minute, um, but I'd like to talk about what it is to speak the truth in love, why we speak the truth in love, and just give you some practical tips on, on how to apply, that, apply it in your life and in your day-to-day -day conversations and interactions with uh, fellow believers and with family and what have you. So speaking the truth in love is a scriptural principle. It's designed to bring blessings and foster growth among folks. Unfortunately, at times it can be a, a concept that's mishandled and sometimes can have harmful consequences, but we're going to go through that stuff too. Let's go ahead and get to our verses here in Ephesians, and uh, we can read them together. As a result, we are no longer to be like children tossed around by the waves and blown all over by every wind of teaching, by the trickery of men with cunning and deceitful scheme. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all ways into Messiah, who is the head. Now, I can say for myself as a believer that wants to follow God's command and try to live honorably, Sometimes I struggle to know what it means to speak the truth in love. I want to be helpful and loving and honest. But sometimes I fail to do so, especially when my desire gets in the way to get it right. And uh, instead of relating well to those that I think have gotten things wrong, sometimes I end up either saying nothing or sometimes I start to get angry and say things like, how could you be so stupid? But does that, does that really help? And then the other side of the coin is, there's been times where I've experienced being on the receiving end of people telling me they are speaking the truth in love, but their words and their actions were really more condescending in judgment. See, that's not speaking the truth in love either. So, we hold these two concepts together, and it can be challenging, truth and love, but it's a tension worth exploring. What we believe about truth and love impacts how we live it out. One version of love may focus on niceness without conflict, rather than love that transforms. Or our understanding of truth may lead with legalism and self-righteousness. I've got it all right. In that case, it doesn't have the love that fuels the healing and growth that is so needed. The Apostle Paul's exhortation in those verses is designed to build up the body of believers, not tear it down. Both truth and love should lead us to a connection with God and others. 
When truth doesn't have love, or love doesn't have truth, you have a disconnect. It's about building relationships. Now, truth includes things that we can count as reliable. Okay, this includes facts like two plus two equals four. It also includes God's word, his character, and how he sees this world which he created. God's consistencies can be counted upon. They're reliable. But our ability to understand and see the fullness of God's truth can be limited at times. Let's look at verse from John 14, verse 6. Yeshua said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We need Yeshua to show us the way and lead us in truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's through him. Now, some of you in the audience that are baby boomers may remember the 70s song by Peter Frampton, right? I want you to show me the way. We want Yeshua to show us the way, right? Amen. <laughs> okay. Now, our application of God's truth gets filtered through what's true in our experience and beliefs. See, our, we have all this history of thinking, thoughts, feelings, experiences, our behaviors, our habits, but they need God's guidance and, and rev revelation. What happens within us isn't yet the fulfillment of God's plan for us. Even so, it may feel like what's happening now is true. But to experience God's truth in transformative ways, we must be open to reveal our internal truths and receives what aligns with God's truth, right? So in the context of truth, let's look at these critical aspects of love. Number one, love is going to be more than niceness. Yes, niceness, niceness is nice, right? But sometimes loving acts don't feel be good because of pride and past experiences. They're fighting against that transformation that has fostered a loving engagement with God and others. Pride can be a big problem in receiving truth and love. For example, you may deal with a loved one or a friend who's faced with addiction. You know how difficult that could be. You want to see them delivered, but you see them going back and hurting themselves over and over. And it's like speaking the truth in love and knowing when to be loving and when to be firm on things. So love is more than just being niceness. Number two, love comes from being loved. Now God's source of love comes through engagement with his spirit, with his Holy Spirit, and through godly people. We need to receive God's love to be able to give it. You, and, you, you all know that not everyone is fortunate enough to have been brought up in a godly, loving home. Many have, but there are those that haven't. And we thank God that people that sometimes have not grown up in a loving home can learn to give that love and receive love. 
That is an amazing miracle of God in, some, in many ways. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says, So we have come to know and trust in the love that God has for us. God is love. Now, whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. See, it's a, it's a loving relationship. It's always about being connected and having a relationship with God. That's why it's so important to build relationship in your life with, with God through reading his word, through praying, this kind of thing, through just being here on Shabbat, fellowshipping with like-minded believers. These are all important things that builds that. Number three, love is experienced. When we engage with another person's story and walk with them through their challenges, through their experience, we get to know God's love, or they get to know God's love through us. Sometimes just start by listening. Practice some active, li active listening can be an act of love to someone. 1 John 4 and verse 19 says, We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. See, love is freely given. God's abundant love prompts us to love in return. He never forces us to love him. We're not duty-bound. This freedom of choice is a foundational principle to love. See, you choose to love and to care because he has first loved us. Number five, love is expressed through words and actions. Words alone cannot always be enough to convey love. Loving actions give attention. They offer practical support and set limits. Sometimes you have to set those boundaries, limits, for the sake of the other person and for relationship. Love means getting involved. Love means getting involved. So there's a little story that you may have all heard, and it's not a kosher story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. It's the story of the pig and the chicken. So the pig and the chicken were walking down the road, and they happened to see these children on the side of the road, and they looked like they were starving. And so the chicken says to the pig, he says, hey, look at those kids. I, I think they're starving or something. And he says, well, yeah, yeah, I know. That's terrible. And the chicken says, well, I think we should do something. And so the pig starts to look, it's like, uh, okay. And the chicken says, I think we need to make them breakfast. And the pig is starting to get a little bit more worried. And the chicken says, why don't we give them some bacon and eggs? And the pig says, now wait a minute. That's easy for you to say. You just have to make a donation, but I got to get involved. Sometimes loving is expressed through words and actions. You got to get involved. It means getting your hands dirty. It means uh, spending some of your time, your free time, helping someone or, or understanding their problems. It's getting involved. Verse, uh, 1 John, verse 18 of chapter 3. 
Children, let us not love with word or talk, but in deed and truth. Actions speak louder than words, right? It's important to listen, but then take action too. Number six, love does not deny truth. Love does not deny what's true, even when the truth doesn't feel good. See, sometimes it's not easy to tell someone the truth when it's like, yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable here, you know. If someone's actions hurt themselves or others, love addresses the truth of what's happening with a goal of healthy restoration. To ignore what hurts is to be dishonest with what's true. Love that draws out another person's internal truth, that is their thoughts and feelings and attitudes, what they desire, what they're thinking about. Love that draws out another person's internal truth in light of God's truth is love worth celebrating. And this is something godly counselors do all the time. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 6 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. You see, love doesn't demand your way. Loving truth is not about telling a person always what to do or trying to fix them, fix them, right? Or expecting them to do things your way. It's about nurturing growth and connection within themselves, God and others. Love doesn't prove that you're right. It's not that self-righteousness. It's not that pride thing. Love, loving truth isn't motivated by saying whatever is on our mind or proving we know what's best. It's what God says is best. It's what God wants for that person. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 5 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Love is empathetic. And this may be the key element to speaking the truth in love. Empathy enters another person's world when you're speaking to them, when you're relating to them. It values their inner truth and experiences without necessarily agreeing with them. Empathy cares enough about a person's experience to speak truth and love from a position of understanding to them. So why do we speak truth and love? Ephesians 4 verse 15 tells us that speaking the truth in love helps us grow as believers. And it brings out maturity for the individual and for the whole body of believers. Verse 14 tells us more about why. It's so that we're not tossed to and fro by deceptive words and doctrines that disconnect us from the love of God. And then these days in the, all the information age we have now, you're just inundated. You're, it, it hits you in the face with everything on cable, internet, phones, and all that. You're just filled with this stuff. As mature believers, 
We are equipped for God's good, working through us. How would you feel if you confide in someone, say an issue or a challenge you're having in your life, and then that person says, well, you're going about things all wrong. You need to do this, 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 and this. Or if instead that person listened to you, took time to understand your situation, acknowledged both good and the bad, because a lot of times there is some good mixed in with the bad, in the context of caring, spoke truth into your life. We speak truth and love to pursue growth and maturity that edifies the community of believers. So here are 10 practical tips for speaking truth and love. Number one, gain understanding. Gain an understanding for the other person's experiences, their thoughts and their feelings. Just listen to their reality and consider how it impacts them. You don't have to agree, just understand. We weep with those who weep. That's lamentations. We rejoice with those that rejoice. Seek understanding, empathy. Number two, recognize your understanding is limited. Don't assume that you all know everything there is to know. Don't be a, a Mr. or Miss Know-it-all. Only God has the full picture. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and the person you're speaking to. The Lord has the answer. Seek the answer from God first. Number three, develop relationships. Loving truth is most effective when we have a relationship with others. Engaging with another person on a regular basis provides that opportunity for connection. Growing connections with respect and empathy builds safety and trust. It also makes it easier for saying hard things to hear from a place of compassion. I mean, you know this. If you have a relationship with someone, it's, it's easier to speak some of the difficult things. It's easier to receive some of that difficult information. Going up to someone who's a stranger or who you just met casually, it's like, hey, but you don't know me, right? But building a relationship makes the big difference. Number four, guard your tongue. Recognize your words can be a backlash of anger and frustration rather than benevolence and care. Choose words carefully. There are many examples in the Bible about this, particularly like in James chapter 3. James talked about how he compared the tongue to a rudder on a ship. The rudder is very small, but it cha you know, changes the course of this big ship. Just like your tongue is a very small part of your body, but boy, it can do, it can do great edification and uplifting, or it can do great damage. So be careful with your tongue. Think before you say. Pray before you say. And recognize red flags that you're about to say if it's not loving truth. And these phrases like, can I be frank? Hey, I'm just being honest with you. You know, you're too this or too that. Um, or one of my favorites. You did okay, but... 
did okay, but... Our inclination is to self-protect. And these phrases tend to be indicators of self-protection in the form of self-righteousness. I want to make myself look good. Number six, don't ignore your own truth. Hey, you've had experience. You've been through th things. What's happened in you? What? Are you aggravated? Have you seen injustice that needs to be righted? Are you driven because someone else is, isn't doing what you think they must do? Take a look at some of the examples in the word. In James, like I just talked about, the, the tongue being the rudder of the ship. But be honest with yourself. Remember your own experiences, but also remember God's grace with your experiences. Number seven, connect more than correct. Connection lays the foundation for effective correction when needed. If correction is the instinctive response, consider connection first. Remember, build relationship first. James chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious, that means observant, and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion or observance is futile. Pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world to care for orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. So, saying, be careful with your tongue. And if you don't know what else to do, do something good by your actions. Take care of those in need, the widows, the orphans, those in distress, this kind of thing. The actions speak louder than words. Number eight, connect but don't control. Control happens when we focus our version of good for someone else and expect it to happen. Control justifies, blame shifts, manipulates, and dishonors the personhood of the other person. Number nine, notice defensiveness within yourself. And this goes hand in hand with it. Our tendency of humans is to right wrongs and defend our version of what is right. Where there is defensive focus on our way, we are unable to express love well. And finally, trust the outcome with God. Ultimately, the outcome resides in God's hands. It's not up to us to make things happen. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in Adonai with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And in this season of, as we celebrate Purim, I'm reminded of Esther, chapter 4, verse 14, this verse, and we'll hear this in the Megillah tomorrow out at the park, but this is a famous verse Mordecai says to Esther, he says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have attained royal status for such a time as this? 
You see, it took courage for Esther to speak to the king. It took courage speaking the truth in love. But there was also that first speaking the truth in love that Mordecai spoke to Esther. He said, hey, this is your time. Now, if you remain silent, relief will come for the Jews from another place. But who knows if this is your time. It's trusting in God, trusting in Adonai with all your heart and not your own understanding. Acknowledging him in all your ways. And I want to close this morning. I have a song that I found on the internet when I was researching this topic. And we're going to play it in a moment. Uh, the song is called Speak the Truth in Love. It's actually a choir piece done with an African rhythm. And so there are words in English and in Swahili. And I think we'll have them up here in a moment. So, so whenever you guys are ready in the back, you can go ahead and play Speak the Truth in Love. And we can all sing along.
Thank you all. Shabbat Shalom. Lord God, we just thank you for the, the blessing of your word, for what you teach us in it, Lord. Thank you for the relationship that we have with you, Lord, and you build it in our lives. And thank you for to speak the truth in love, Lord, that we can speak that to others with love and truth, hand in hand together in our relationships with each other and with you. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom.